The first rule of Fight Club Minute is we do talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club Minute is we do talk about Fight Club. The third rule of Fight Club Minute, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the minute is over. Fourth rule, only one guest to a minute. Fifth rule, one minute at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirt, no shoes. Seventh rule, minutes will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first time listening to Fight Club Minute, enjoy the show. I'm Jack's 37th minute. I start with walking up to the house on Paper Street, and I end with turning on one light meant another light went out. I don't know how I found this podcast, but I'll be your host, Bubbleweet, for a year, along with my co-host, Lance Stanford, even though he's out this week. And joining us is someone who I don't know if they run the place or if they're just guesting, Robert Smith. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, good to have you on. I, um, you know, th- this is your first time, uh, my first time talking with you, and uh, this is, of course, your first time in the show. But so, before we get into today's minutes, I would like to know, you know, what's what's your history with this movie? Sure. Well, well, first and foremost, I'm I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable. I I didn't know that the the no shirt no shoes rule was just a hypothetical. So I'm I'm a little <laughs> cold. I'm a little chilly. Um, but yeah, um, this was a, a movie that admittedly I, I kind of came into a little bit later. Um, you know, it was, it was what 1999 when it came out. So I was only about 17. Yeah. Um, so I, obviously I wasn't able to go to the theater and see it. We had pretty stringent uh, Regal Cinema employees that didn't didn't allow the the under 18 stuff for a lot. And I, you know, for those that listen to to my show, you know that I grew up in a, a more of an old fashioned family. I had older parents growing up. Um, so, you know, read that as, as being a bit sheltered or read that as, um, you know, I was a little bitch, but, um, <laughs> I, I didn't really get to go to see a lot of those movies, but when I started working at Walmart, I would always see this DVD cover with, you know, Brad Pitt holding the, the bar of pink soap on it. And I admittedly didn't know anything about the movie. So to me, when I saw something like that, it, I, I thought it was something like a, a national lampoon movie. You know, like maybe the the soap was in reference to like a shower scene with like a lot of boobs or something. I, <laughs> I, I really didn't know what what to expect on that. But when I, I got to be an adult and grew up a little bit, uh, I really started ramping up my DVD collection. I had to have the ones that always stood out on the stand. So, you know, the Matrix and Rounders and Fight Club, things like that. So um, at that point, I, I only knew Brad Pitt from Interview with a Vampire as, as the pretty guy. I didn't really know him for his acting chops. And Ed Norton, I absolutely hated. I didn't know why I hated him, but I only knew him from Rounders, you know, playing playing Worm. So it was it was him being a great actor. Like, he's supposed to be hated in that movie. But that was the only only real reference I had to those guys. So I was really, really surprised when I saw the kind of depth that they, they had in it. And, you know... I, up to that point, like I said, counterculture hadn't really hit me. I was I was the, you know, the the, the white bread milksop kind of guy, and then I started watching. You know, I'm a big wrestling fan. That's when DX and Stone Cold and the NWO started coming out. So start getting a little bit more introduced to what counterculture would would be, and then I saw this and I was like, oh, oh, this is this is something different. This is this is a lot more out there on that spectrum 
And it, mm -hmm. it really showed me where, where my limitation was. I was like, okay, I can be a little counterculture. I can kind of be mad at my boss. I can flip the bird from time to time when no one's looking, but to go and actually, you know, seek out destruction and mayhem that, that wasn't going to be my cup of tea. So this movie really kind of showed me where, where I fell on the spectrum of, of compliancy and, and rebellion. And uh, I was not at that far, but I, I, I definitely watched this movie a thousand times once I watched it the first time, just because it's, <laughs> it's so enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. Th that's, that's fantastic. I, I, I love that. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I am like in, in real life, I'm very, you know, a, a white bread mainstream, but I do like to live vicariously through watching movies because like one of my favorite movies is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that's not something that I, <laughs> that I would ever do in real life, but I do enjoy watching it. Yeah, I, I would never go out to an actual uh, venue to watch that, but I will throw toast at my own TV screen. <laughs> I have been to a couple live showings of that movie, but I have not dressed up yet. Keyword in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time, time will, time will tell. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump into today's minute. And I, yeah, I, I can't remember if I I mentioned this last week, but I I think it's it's so telling in this moment where we kick off this this minute with the two of them walking down the streets to the Paper Street house right after their first fights together. And Jack is walking on the sidewalk while Tyler mm -hmm. is basically splashing in the puddles in the gutter. Yes. Yeah. And I, that was, I was not having here when he, when he goes to throw the, the, the beer bottle here in a few seconds, you know, he just, he just launches it down the street. It could hit a, a, a car. It could hit a dog. It could hit a person. Even the fact that it's just shattering on the street, like that's going to be somebody else's mess to clean up. That's going to be somebody's yeah. potential puncture tire. He, he doesn't care, but Ed Norton, he kind of casually tosses the bottle into the front yard and you, you hear a slight clink to where maybe there's some other stuff there, but he's not quite to that, that destruction part yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I also love this line and it, I think it's easy to miss uh, whenever Jack says, where's your car? And Tyler says, what car? <laughs> and that, that falls just right in line with Tyler's anti-materialism slash capitalism philosophy. Like why, why would Tyler own a car? Absolutely. Though I, I do have a question because they do pass a, a lonely car sitting on the street. Now, we, we see that this is a big like factory uh, section of town where there's not a whole lot going on. There's big parking lots in the background and all that. Just one random. Why is there always a, whenever you're going through a town with this section? Why is there always just that one random abandoned car? You know, whose <laughs> is it? Yeah, who knows? It's it's probably just, you know, either a broken down car or. Uh, who knows what? I, I mean, uh, most of the time I see those because I I'm not that much of like a, a downtown or even like an industrial with. I don't pay much attention to the cars on the street there. But mainly, I see those kind of cars like on the side of the highway with like the mm -hmm. uh, the green green stickers or whatever color the the state uses to show that they've that they're abandoned. Right. And then also, I, I want to say the very first shot is as we see the Paper Street sign, you know, it's it's dark, it's dingy, they're in a bad part of town, you have the Paper Street sign. Am I the only one that with different music in a different setting, like this could be a shot straight out of like Nightmare on Elm Street? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I mostly have my notes. It's uh, I think on Wednesday's minute where it's raining and we have like the the low angle shot of the house with that mm-hmm. really makes it look like a, a horror movie mansion. Absolutely. But yeah, that this this house is fantastic. It it does look almost castle like because it it has like almost this tower on the right hand side mm-hmm. and we have the big brick <clears throat> uh fireplace uh, that we can see that's like built through the roof and it looks like there's another tower where the the roof uh looks like it's mostly missing mm-hmm. yeah so it's, it, it's a perfect dilapidated house definitely yeah and and then we get this this line after they come in that's uh it's Tyler mentions that they've that he's been here for a year. So do you think that the like which uh which do you think is true? Do you think that Tyler is lying about this to Jack, or do you think that this means that Tyler has more or less existed for over a year at this point and uh and has been existing while Jack was asleep without Jack's knowledge and has managed to get this house. And he's just been gradually becoming more and more of a presence. And now he is able to exist at this point while Jack's awake. Like where, where do you fall in that spectrum? Sure. And and that's, that's definitely one of the fun things about this movie is going back and watching it so many times and trying to spot you know, who's in the driver's seat at any given time, who, you know, what's actually going on there. I, I think at this point, Tyler has been kind of the, just subconsciously there. I don't know that he's actually done anything physically. Um, we see him when they first walk through the door and he, he runs up the steps and all that. He seems pretty comfortable. You know, he's not, he's not just scoping out this house from the very start. You know, this isn't the first time he's been in there where he's kind of looking around just like the narrator is he's he's moving around pretty freely so i think that he has a little bit of comfort there um so i think he's been there for at least uh you know maybe maybe not a year um but at least you know a few weeks to where he's been either scoping the house out you know getting things planned but i, I don't know that it's been a full year but yeah he's definitely he's definitely been there before mm-hmm. yeah i i think i fall in the line of i i believe that jet or that tyler has existed for a while and he has been coming out while jack has been asleep and Mm -hmm. been doing like the night jobs and stuff uh but it's in the first part of it like the you know for the better part of a year it's just been completely separate personalities so Mm -hmm. whenever tyler exists jack does not exist so they are completely separate and anything that Tyler does Jack does not know about because Tyler is operating at night and Jack is operating during the day and then this is the movie is the part where those personalities are coming close to merging and so that's why they're existing together even though and I believe I've mentioned this before this this type of psychotic break is completely rooted in fiction there's Mm. there is small elements of real psychological issues but nothing nothing that really comes close to this level of a a split personality 
Right. And I guess I mean, that's that's a good point. Because I, 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 until you said that, I, I remember you mentioned in a previous episode, you know, at this point, Tyler has the, the restaurant job. So I guess he's, he's had to exist to some degree at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Because we like one of the uh, subliminal Tyler's that one of the hardest ones to spot is him in the, the welcome video. And mm-hmm. you could argue that that actually is Tyler in that welcome video because he's working at that (laughs) yeah hotel is a night job and so the this is like the the first time that we really get to see the interior of this paper street house and Mm. this is like the we already talked a little bit about the exterior which is a fantastic looking dilapidated house but the interior as well just they did such a fantastic job aging everything that this looks so filthy like everywhere that the paint is peeling in every single room there's like a layer of grime Mm -hmm. from the from a house that's had water damage like it's the fact that it leaks so much every single time i'm sure there's like we don't really see any black mold but i'm sure there's black mold somewhere Yeah. (laughs) yeah Yeah, that, and that's that's the great thing seeing this house. So I I can literally smell this house. You know, um, my my wife and I, you know, peek behind the curtain. We we have a very big family. So when we we do a lot of house hunting and we've done a lot of renovations to old dilapidated lap, uh, dilapidated buildings, because we need something that has enough bedrooms and those just don't really exist unless you're a millionaire, which we're mm-hmm. definitely not. Um, so like I can I can tell you some of the horror stories of these old you know commercial buildings and dilapidated houses from like the 1800s that you walk in and this is exactly what they look like you know you can you can feel the dampness it could be 100 it could be 100 degrees outside you still walk in you can still feel the dampness inside the wood of the house and you can smell the black mold without seeing it so yeah i firsthand knowledge i can tell you that they did an amazing job uh picturing a house that we we would have bought and tore up and and, and rebuilt yeah, it's it's fantastic. And I I also want to talk a little bit about color theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've brought it up a, a few times in on the show at this point. And I've talked a lot about how Jack's spaces before this, like his work and his home are mostly green. Mm-hmm. And Tyler comes in and he is, you know, he's mostly he wears a lot of red. You know, he's got the the red jacket he has the red sunglasses uh, sometimes he wears like the the red pants as well and this house I, I feel like this house is mostly like yellow yellowish brown but if you notice there is like peeling green wallpaper on at least one wall mm-hmm. and in the bathroom we can see at the the end of this minute it's like a yellow wall with green flowers and not only that, but Jack is wearing a uh, red flannel bathrobe and has a red towel. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that whole thing is interesting for a few reasons, because it's it's like even at this early moment, if if we say that the red represents Tyler, Jack is already taking on elements of Tyler because he's living in Tyler's space at this paper street house. Right. 
and even like you said with the 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 peeling green wallpaper i mean that's that's a good you know symbolism of of the the jack starting to peel away you know he's losing that mm -hmm. veneer and going back into the subliminal i like that yeah yeah and and one other thing that i i didn't really think about until uh doing notes for this and and actually the i i kind of came upon the realization in uh whenever i was taking notes for friday's minute but Oh, one thing that I I didn't really think about it because most of the time, you know, you like whenever you're um, in in school, like uh, you you learn the the primary colors uh, through like the the pigments uh, through paints. Mm -hmm. Like the the primary colors are um, red, yellow, and blue, and you know you mix yellow and blue to make green. But whenever you're dealing with light. The, the three prim primary colors for right, lights are red, green, and blue. Mm -hmm. And if you mix red and green light, you get yellow. And so this yellow paper street house is the, the perfect mix of Jack's green and Tyler's red. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's uh, deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's really fascinating. And, and just like... You know, as, as I kind of, it, it was something that I, I just kind of, you know, I, I wasn't sure whenever I started bringing it up early on talking about the green, if this, this color theory would follow through, but it's, it, I'm surprised that I, I really do think that it, that this color theory is there. And I think it is definitely intentional from David Fincher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the the great things about doing these movies. You know, a minute at a time is one you have to look at that that type of granular detail. Um, but you get to as you're going through the movie, you find those little threads. And you're like, I wonder if, and then you get to go through the rest of the movie and see if it holds up. So to, to find one that that goes through, that's that's great. Mm -hmm. And you can even see like, um, and we'll see a, a bit more on Friday's minute. But in the bathroom, you can see there's a, a red candle, like mm -hmm. on the sink. Um, and then that's that really kind of ends this minute. I I do also love the sound design of the the knocking pipes. That is yep. something that you know I I haven't dealt with a ton. I've I've dealt with just a little bit of knocking pipes, you know, to a small degree. But this this really gives you the idea of just how bad this house is, and and the like filthy brown water coming out of the the shower too. That's uh, to go back to the houses thing. It's always a a scary yet exciting moment when you first turn on those faucets of of one of these places because <laughs> you're not sure if the rattling pipe is the water coming through or something uh, more alive coming through. But uh, there's always that moment of anticipation, definitely. Yeah, especially in, in like if you happen to get a place and the the water is not is not turned on whenever you're looking mm -hmm. at the house and then you have to turn it on. And so the, the first time, like if you get a place and that's the first time that's, that the water's been turned on af after it's been turned off for a while. So you never really know for sure what's going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's the pro tip. Never, never replace the toilet tub or sinks with something brand new until you've had the water turned on because uh, you can very, very quickly make that new new item not so new anymore. Yeah, I've have I've lived in my current house here uh, now uh, nearly two years, and I, I've just I, I've been kind of slowly renovating the 
the hallway bathroom and I've replaced the the sink uh, the sink in the vanity and the mirror and I recently replaced the toilet so that's that's been a lot of fun I that officially makes you a handyman I'm, I'm giving you credit <laughs> um and uh so that's that really wraps up you know i i feel like there's not you know a ton going on in this minute it's it's mostly just the introduction of the the paper street house mm. uh do you have anything else for minute 37 i do not that was that was the end of my notes all right well thank you so much for joining me today and all this week and for anybody that's uh that hasn't heard you and your work before why don't you go ahead and take a minute and let everybody else know where else you can be found online Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, for those that don't listen, um, I, I am Robert Smith. I'm the host of the Support Your Local Podcast Network. Um, you can find us at supportyourlocalpodcast.com. We're also on our social media at Support Your Local Podcast, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I do several shows. Um, the, the original is Support Your Local Podcast, where I go over some of the classic Westerns of all time. I do those one chapter at a time. And then by the time you hear this, hopefully we'll have rolled out uh, Just a Damn Minute where I'm going over Jean-Claude Van Damme movies one minute at a time. It's my my first foray fully into the movies by minutes uh, genre. And then uh, also I do RTS Random Reviews, where me and my buddy Shizzy, who's a frequent guest host on the other shows, uh, we are choosing a, a random movie once a month out of my my big DVD collection. And we are reviewing that movie uh, each each episode. Uh, going into another random draw for the next one, the next one. So uh, all those you can find once again at uh, supportyourlocalpodcast.com. And as always, I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on all the social medias where I am at Bubba Wheat. You can find this show, Fight Club Minutes, on all the available podcatchers, as well as we are part of the Rabbit Hole Podcasting Network. And you can find a lot of other great shows on the network about all sorts of different subjects, uh, movies, TV, celebrities, um, books. Uh, we we cover a lot of different things, board games even. And you can find it all at rabbitholepodcasts.com. There's also links in order where you can support the show and get episodes early uh, through there. And uh, we also have an Audible free trial that uh, you can get one month of Audible for free uh, if you sign up through the link at uh, Rabbit Hole Podcasts. And uh, until next time, this has been Fight Club Minute, and this podcast is ending one minute at a time. I don't know how Tyler found that house, but he said he'd been there for a year. Agent Ryan? Agent The Vern? The Rabbit Hole Podcast team has asked us to return back to the town of Twin Peaks to go over all the case files. Are you ready? Have we been asked to cover the case files of the groundbreaking series created by David Lynch and Mark Frost? The same one. We will be discussing in detail every episode from all three seasons of the show. Including the plot of every character, not just the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. Exactly. We'll also dive into why the show became such a phenomenon in the 90s and how it still influences shows today. Will we discuss the feature film Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me? You know, that may be our longest season yet. So check Tales from the Double R on Anchor, Spotify, Good Pods, or listen to us at rabbitholepodcast.com. 
Now, let's order some coffee and a piece of that amazing pie. <laughs>